To John Adams, Paris, November 13, 1787. Dear Sir, This will be delivered to you by young Mr. Rutledge. Your knowledge of his father will introduce him to your notice. He merits it, moreover, on his own account. I am now to acknowledge your favors of October 8th and 26th. That of August 25th was duly received, nor can I recollect by what accident I was prevented from acknowledging it in mind of September 28th. It has been the source of my subsistence hitherto, and must continue to be so till I receive letters on the affairs of money from America. Van Straphorse and Willinks have answered my drafts. Your books for Marquis de Lafayette are received here. I will notify it to him, who is at present with his provincial assembly in Auvergne. Little is said lately of the progress of the negotiations between the courts of Petersburg, Vienna, and Versailles. The distance of the former and the cautious, unassuming character of its ministers here is one cause of delays. A greater one is the greediness and instable character of the emperor. Nor do I think that the principal here, Brienne, will be easily introduced to lend himself to any connection which shall threaten a war within a considerable number of years. His own reign will be that of peace only, in all probability, and were any accident to tumble him down, this country would immediately gird on its sword and buckler and trust to occurrences for supplies of money. The wound their honor has sustained festers in their hearts, and it may be said with truth that the archbishop and a few priests, determined to support his measures beyond proud to see their order come again into power, are the only advocates for the line of conduct which has been pursued. It is said, and believed through Paris literally, that the Comte de Montmorin, plus gros comme un enfant, wept like a child, when obliged to sign the counter-declaration. Considering the phrase as figurative, I believe it expresses the distress of his heart. Indeed, he has made no secret of his individual opinion. In the meantime, the principal goes on with a firm and patriotic spirit in reforming the cruel abuses of the government and preparing a new constitution which will give to this people as much liberty as they are capable of managing. This, I think, will be the glory of his administration, because, though a good theorist in finance, he is thought to execute badly. They are about to open a loan of one hundred millions to supply present wants, and it is said the preface of the array will contain a promise of the convocation of the States General during the ensuing year. Twelve or fifteen provincial assemblies are already in action and are going on well, and I think that though the nation suffers in reputation, it will gain infinitely in happiness under the present administration. I enclose to Mr. J. a pamphlet, which I will beg of you to forward. I leave it open for your perusal. When you shall have read it, be so good as to stick a wafer in it. It is not yet published, nor will be, for some days. This copy has been ceded to me as a favor. How do you like our new constitution? I confess there are things in it which stagger all my dispositions to subscribe to what such an assembly has proposed. The House of Federal Representatives will not be adequate to the management of affairs, either foreign or federal. Their president seems a bad addition of a Polish king. He may be re-elected from four years to four years for life. Reason and experience prove to us that a chief magistrate so continuable is an officer for life. When one or two generations shall have proved that this is an office for life, 
it becomes on every secession worthy of intrigue, of bribery, of force, and even of foreign interference. It will be of great consequence to France and England to have America governed by a Galloman or Angloman. Once in office and possessing the military force of the Union, without either the aid or check of a council, he would not be easily dethroned, even if the people could be induced to withdraw their votes from him. I wish that at an end of the four years they had made him forever ineligible a second time. Indeed, I think all the good of this new Constitution might have been couched in three or four new articles to be added to the good, old, and venerable fabric, which should have been preserved even as a religious relic. Present me and my daughters affectionately to Mrs. Adams. The younger one continues to speak of her warmly. Accept yourself assurances of the sincere esteem and respect with which I have the honor to be, dear sir, your friend and servant, Thomas Jefferson. Postscript. I am in negotiation with de la Blanchere. You shall hear from me when arranged.